Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. And 2022 is wrapping up, bitches. Holy moly. Is this the last episode of 2022? Um, it's Christmas. I already swore at you. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then the next Sunday will be January 1st. So this is the last episode of the year. Um, so we are kicking off week one of best of, so we took the best clips from the most popular episodes and are playing them for you just to remind you of, um, their awesomeness. So we'll make sure I'll make sure I say which episode it is. Um, so you can go back and re-listen. Um, but how was your year? How was mine? I don't know. I was talking to my employees and I'm like, okay, would you rather relive this year or 2021 or 2020? And we all said this year. So to me, that means that it was a good year. Um, I don't know if I came into the year with a word. Now, hindsight, if I'm looking back, which I think that's a funnier exercise, is instead of like making your word in January and then being like, what's what? That's a word I have all year in December going like, what word would define the universal messages and lessons that um, I was meant to learn? So ultimately, it always comes back to relinquishing control or accepting what I don't have control over. Um, you know, it's, I would say this year, I was by far the most patient, kind, um, organized leader than I've ever been. Um, definitely. And we've still just had a lot of things that we've had to go through that I'm like, this isn't fair. I'm being the best. That means that when I do this, then God rewards me. Like when I become a good person, God rewards me and I have like all these good things, right? And it was interesting because Denisa Weber, who's a good friend of mine, um, and I've gone to the IF Gathering, which is this big Christian conference down in Texas, um, a couple times with her. And what's interesting is like we were talking about how that's that's not the way it goes. Like a lot of times God asks you to be obedient 
And there is no gold star afterwards. Sometimes there is, and that's fantastic. Um, but sometimes is just being asked to be obedient. And she sent me this TikTok that was this guy talking about how like when your parent, you know, like if you're a kid and your parents are asking you to do the dishes and you're mad that you're having to do the dishes, but you're doing them because you're being obedient. And after the dishes are done, you've done the work and it's not like, okay, and now you're rewarded with this. It's like, yeah, no, you did that because that was something I asked you to do and that was necessary. So I don't know. I, I think that some of us like to just imagine that if we are doing everything right, then everything should be going right. And it's easy to, when things are going wrong, to really go like, well, I must be doing something wrong. And obviously there's always, always a good time to look for the little seeds of like me, am I the problem? So being, you know, self-aware is good. But sometimes shit just happens and that's okay. We have had a slew of employees and a slew. I don't know if there's an official number. It's more than a couple. It's more than a few. So I think we go to a slew of people leave our clinic this year for beautiful next stages of their life. Like they love our clinic. We love them. But they had fulfilled their contract, their, you know, like their, their contract with us. And I don't mean, because some of them actually didn't fulfill their contract. Um, I don't mean their legal contract. I mean, their soul's contract of like, they were here for me to do something for them or them to do something for me and help our paths. And now they're going on to do something else beautiful. And so like, I can't look at any of the employees that we lost this year and gone like, ah, if I would have just controlled that situation differently, I could have, if I would have paid more, if I would have shown up more, like, no, like I was a pawn in a bigger set of events that was happening and I'm happy for those people. And I'm really grateful that we got to be a part of their life and they got to be a part of ours. And am I absolutely making some huge changes in 2023 to help reduce the pain and anguish of having to replace people? You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. I got some really good plans um, because my opinion is that you do your best to keep people on mission and in love with your clinic. But the reality is that sometimes God needs them elsewhere. And sometimes, you know, so like they could absolutely love your clinic, but if their mom gets put in a nursing home on the other side of the country and they're, you know, like shit happens. So it's okay. So I don't know what my word of the year is let for 2022. Acceptance? I don't know. Like, oof. 2023. I would love to know if you're doing the one word exercise. What's your word? Um, gosh, I think that it would have been really good if I had thought of it before I started this sentence um, or this intro, if I would have actually planned and thought ahead instead of having to on air figure out what my word is. I think though that it's deeper. I want to go deeper into my purpose. Um, so maybe it's not deeper, but like I just want more purpose-led action. I am such a person of action. Oh my God. 
I think that if I said my word of the year was action, it would be like a joke because it's like, that's your personality. That's like basically tattooed on my forehead. But I would like to just have a deeper purpose and connection with what my role is and a little less what does Lauren want and a little less of like, how can I be used? And I think that the great thing is, is that like, God will absolutely, like God made me, you know, universe spirit made me who I am. And so the, the, the way I view it is that my skills and the things that I want to like maximize and use, like, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I like. Yeah. He gave me those for a reason. And so I don't think I need to become a completely different person in order to like get deeper into my purpose. I think I need to take what lessons I've been learning and what has really been showing up and then like sit with that. And, um, yeah, so that, that's my plan. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. At a certain point, I feel like after all these years, we're like, are we just beat up? Are we just getting beat up folks? <laughs> um, this is the, but this is ending. So we started the podcast in 2019 um, we're at like 280, I don't know, 280,000 downloads. I don't have that number. What I do have is that we had like 90,000 downloads in 2022, which is freaking awesome. Like 90,000 downloads, 90,000 listens. Now compared to like a real podcast, you know, well, we're not going to say Joe Rogan. We'll say like, um, uh, I don't know, a popular one. Okay. Probably not that impressive. But if you take that the average podcast gets about 126 downloads, I don't know. We're not sitting too bad. (laughs) So yay. Um, Our three most popular episodes were Heidi Horvick. Like she just kicked ass. That was an amazing episode. It's episode 149. It's actually the very first episode clip that you're going to hear today. Uh, Courtney Kayla obviously kicks some ass. You're going to hear, um, her clip in week two. So next week. Um, and then who was the third one? Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, um, it was actually Mal, the money coach episode 172, the importance of financial literacy. Um, so yeah like great episodes. And when I was going back and we were like pulling the best of, you know, we went based on like downloads and like how many times it was shared. Uh, We can't just pick our favorites. There's a whole equation. Like I don't like having any of me in there. So like some of our, some of like just solo episodes were in like the top 10. But I was like, ah, no, I like this opportunity to really highlight our guests and things like that. Um, and then we also take into a factor of like not just the downloads for it, but like how often it was shared, how much popularity it got on social media, how many messages I got, all that stuff. So like I said, it's complicated. So if you were a guest and you're not in the best of, I'm really sorry. Um, is You also have some things going against you if you were in the like last quarter of the year because you know you just oh it's don't send your hate mail too no I'm just kidding okay let's do a listener highlight this is from Chalet McBride it's gotta be Chalet Chalet S H A L E I G H 
How would you pronounce that? That's Chalet, right? Um, it says, hey, Doc, still loving your podcast. I've been listening since 2020 when I was halfway through Cairo school and graduated this past June, and your content continues to get better and better. You're awesome. Short and sweet. I love it. Thank you very much, Chalet. Okay, so how do we want to do this? Should we pray? And then I'll tell you about our first guest. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay, everyone take a breath. God, what the heck was this year? Holy crap. Like, I just want to like bang my head into this microphone some days and I won't because my sound editor would get mad at me. Help, just help us learn the lessons. Keep our heart soft. So often when we are experiencing hardship, um, the heart hardens. And it's like, I don't know, that parable or that story about like seeds on hard ground and some stuff. You know which story I'm talking about. Um, and like the hard path, there is no way that the seeds can take root and, and produce. And so keep our hearts soft. Help us to continue to focus on our core values. So many of us are experiencing hardship when it comes to finances, you know, like health relationships. Let us look at what are our core values in this life and continue to just pour out love and service for people around us. Um, because most of our core values, we don't need, we wouldn't say like, oh yeah, I am expressing my core values when I am happy. When I, when things are going well for me, that's when I will be the best version of myself. So help us remember that we can always be the best version and express those values to others, no matter what's going on. Um, and help us go into 2023 full of optimism, um, let us shake this calendar year. Can we just pretend for a moment, God, that you see calendar years and that like, boom, clean slate, January 1st, please. Um, and let us just go in refreshed for those needing refreshment. Help them just get a fire lit inside of them. For those needing rest, help them allow that and to find that rest those seeking relationship and connection for them to really analyze the people that they are surrounding themselves and whether they're it's helping working towards their goals or not. And God, thank you so much for this podcast. Um, please continue to bring people to me and help me reach out, like feel driven to reach out to certain people or led to reach out. Um, continue. This, this is yours. Like, I don't know. I'll talk about anything. Um, I will be an open vault and I will share all of my struggles and just my humanness with people. And so let it continue to be a tool for you, however you see fit. Unless you want it to get canceled, then that would really suck. I don't want you to do that. So please don't do that. But if it's really, really, really what you want, okay, fine. In your name we pray. Amen. Okie dokie. So first clip is coming from episode 149. Dr. Heidi Horvick, and she is explaining the nature of subluxation and how to communicate it and to get it into schools. Enjoy. Okay, so let's talk about subluxation because yes. I feel like when I have, let's say I have um, an MD who's 
who came because they're getting headaches and they're like, okay, they're very like highly skeptical, but they're willing to let me adjust them. Um, one of the first elephants in the room that I have to like talk about is like, okay, we use this term subluxation. It doesn't mean in our world what it means in your world. Like in yeah. their world, it's more like a dislocation, right? Yeah. Possible. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, how would you, if you were at a cocktail party, um, how would you in conversation talk to um, a, a, a medical professional about yeah. subluxation, what it is, and like what we know about it? If I started with a medical professional, because that, that, that always changes the conversation, I start with logic that is very, um, well, I start with a reasoning, a line of reasoning that's very logical to them. Right. So I say, you know, have you ever had an accident? Yeah. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had a car accident. Yeah. Or you've fallen off something. Yeah. 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 Well, what we know happens if you have an injury to the spine is subtle changes start to happen immediately within minutes to hours to the, to the muscles that are close to the spine and skull. So the deep, small muscles that cross individual vertebra, they start to change. They literally get neurologically inhibited. And over months to years, you start to get changes in those little muscles. You get, they become fibrotic and stiff. There's fatty infiltration. They change their fiber type. They even atrophy. And have you seen a muscle in a cast where it shrinks? Obviously, I mean, I wouldn't use those words to a medical doctor, but, you know, if I'm talking to someone else, I talk about, have you ever seen a muscle in a cast? It shrinks like, and those little muscles are vital for the brain to know what's going on in the spine. So for your brain to control spinal movements. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. What's really interesting as well, though, we know that if you get into fight and flight response, so if you have physiological stress or psychological stress, it also has a similar effect to these muscles, switches them off. Local inflammation does the same. And we see this in our chiropractic offices. If someone's got a really badly inflamed gut for some reason, bowel, they end up with low back subluxations. If they've got a, you know, a, a jaw abscess or something, they end up, you know, upper cervically subluxated like hell, right? And you, they just keep getting subluxated. You can't do anything until you fix the, the local inflammation. And they're like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. So I said, but the, what's really fascinating is what we also know is there's a similar change in the brain. So you get these local maladaptive changes in the spine, but you also get these maladaptive changes in the brain. And it doesn't just influence the way your brain can perceive and control the movement of your spine, but it also changes the way your brain can perceive what is going on in the rest of your body, where your arms and legs are, and what's going on in the world around you. We've even done studies showing that a dysfunctional spine influences how accurately you can perceive sound and visual information. It's quite mind boggling, you know, so it literally changes the way you perceive the world around you as well as what's going on inside you. And then I will throw in the odd study because I know them, right. right. To just back it up. Right. Cause I know exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about, but you can learn the odd, you know, three or four key studies that you can throw at them as well, right? And and then we've shown again that when we adjust these subluxation er subluxated areas, who gives a shit what we call it? But the spinal segments themselves can dysfunction. Eventually, you end up with that hypomobility and the DJD around the joint. And after four or five years, you can see it on an X-ray. Like you, but you do not want to get to that level because okay, that's, so that's a big thing. Right, because yeah. that's a big thing that like gets them all in a tizzy, right? Of like, it's yeah. not diagnosed, seen on an x-ray, but it's like, it takes four to five years. You want to wait that yeah. long? Yeah, yeah. And you can, if you like, but 
by that stage, you're developing a whole set of problems. We now know that the changes in those little muscles, the way they communicate with the brain, is most likely, and this is not written by chiropractors, but the changes in their communication following injuries or, or stress or inflammation, the changes in the communication from those little muscles is most likely what creates chronic pain to begin with. It's probably what causes pain, spinal pain, and musculoskeletal pain problems, and those chronic problems. So if you want to go there, fine. But it's a learned problem within the brain. If you want your brain to learn to be in chronic pain, be my guest. But I personally don't like it. And the benefits of getting adjusted, not only is it clearing up the way the brain's controlling your spine, so you're preventing all of these musculoskeletal problems from developing, but it also helps you you know, it helps you relax better, you feel better, <laughs> you can move better. And that's probably because of our influence on the prefrontal cortex, which we've also shown in multiple studies. And as you know, because he's a medical doctor, and I pretend he knows because he won't know, but that's okay. Yeah, but as you know, the prefrontal cortex is vital for your mental health, for your well-being, your resilience, your relaxation, gastrointestinal problems, impulse control, your executive functions. It's the seat of your intelligence, right? It is the part of the brain that makes you who you are. So it's like, you know, all these grumpy men used to come in and get and get and tell me that their wives were sending them in to get the, the grumpy adjustment. <laughs> because, you know, every time they got adjusted, then they would come home and they'd be nice. So it's like, and, and that's how I'd hook it in with all those other positive side effects like because we don't actually have negative side effects except you might feel a little bit sore and achy you know every now and then it's a bit like going to the gym right for the first time in months you get your muscles get a bit sore and achy well it's the same thing we're waking up your spine again so you might get a bit sore and achy that's the worst thing that can happen your other side effects in addition to you not developing all of these pain problems is you might feel better move better be better coordinated <laughs> um, have better impulse control uh, be more intelligent uh, relax more be more resilient you know I don't know you but you know I think it's quite a good thing um so like that MD you just blew his world up that's amazing um but I feel like most chiropractors uh use oh we don't know we don't, you don't know. know no I know I know and but so then like that's what kind of sucks is like we're just like, just go listen to Heidi on a podcast. Go, go to no. a neuroscience thing. And it's we all need on. to learn it, Lauren. We, we need, need to, to learn, learn it. it. We do. And, and what I've realized is, you know, this, and I know you've heard me. You told me you'd heard me and bless you. You know, yes, I know I can be re relatively unconventional and, and reasonably entertaining, but you actually need to learn your own science. And that's literally why we've created Kairos Academy. So there's a site now called Kairos Academy. And I have recorded these topics and I speak slower. <laughs> I don't swear. I know that might, you know, <laughs> to some people, but, <laughs> but, but I literally help you learn your own science. And all of this shit that I'm talking about today is on there. And bit by bit, lesson by lesson, we, we break it down into an hour long lesson at a time. Every five to 10 minutes, we'll stop and we'll test you with a little online quiz to make sure you're picking up on the key important factors. But bit by bit, you can learn this. This is not difficult. You know, and you know, look at all the shit that you learned through Cairo College. This is this is doable. Well, I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus here, but like, why isn't this what I'm learning in Cairo College? Well, that's what's changing now. But you've got to remember okay. too that, like, it's actually normal that new knowledge takes a bit of time. So it's very normal that new novel information takes about 10, 20, 30 years okay. to get into the textbooks and to be taught. So this isn't unusual. Okay. And can you imagine how many neuroscientists do you think are out there that are chiropractors? Uh, three, five? Yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> 
mostly about five. Okay. And do you think that they are busy? Yeah, they're very busy. So who the fuck's going to teach? Excuse me, that yeah. came out. But who okay. is gonna, My listeners are very used to occasionally. Who is going to teach this shit? Who's going to teach this? Who get it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's literally why we're working. And we're working in now with several chiropractic um, teaching educational institutions so that this material does get taught. Even if they've hired, say, a neuroscientist that isn't a chiropractor, we're providing them with all the information so that they, again, the students can listen to the online classes and then they can actually just have a cool discussion or an active learning session with them during their class times. So we're literally using Kairos Academy and integrating it in with chiropractic colleges for those that can see its importance. Not, not everybody does. And that's okay too, because it takes time. I am not pissed off with anybody. I think it's perfectly normal. Holy balls, right? I know. That it was seriously like the entire time I was talking to her in that in episode was so good. Um, there's so many good points in there. And I believe she has a new book coming out about sex. Um, so I actually am planning on hopefully reaching out to her, like, not her publisher, her like appointment schedule person, or just her. I don't know if she has that, and be like, hey come back on and talk about your book and sex. Um, So we'll see. Fingers crossed for 2023. Next guest is episode 153. This is Dr. Emily Heisey. She is a physical therapist. Um, She runs Kin Active Kids, owns Kin Active Kids down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, She's got a Cairo on staff. They see very neurological focused, um, like delayed kids really amazing to see the collaborative work that is happening and what they're doing. Um, And she is discussing the importance of crawling and why the CDC is making a mistake in changing standards um, and also kind of the increase in anxiety in children. Hope you enjoy. So we're here to talk about CDC. Yes, yes, yes. Thingy, thingy, my Bob. Um, We don't know what they were smoking. Um, I will say, and I want your opinion on this, that I'm not, I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked um, that this was their air quotes solution. Um, I, you know, like, but then I'm also not shocked because so what I've been seeing in practice is kind of this slow digression yes this creeping increase in diagnoses Mm -hmm. and you know so one of the things we've been asking for the last five years and I promise there's a question in here somewhere but you're the fox that's what the question is going to be so for like the last five years with ADHD and autism and all these like neurological Mm -hmm. neurotypical things you know Mm -hmm. everyone's like are we just getting better at At diagnosing? Right. And it's a good question, right? It's kind of like, yeah, you know, like I'm definitely not neurotypical and maybe I would have been diagnosed with something as a kid or, you know, whatever. And, and, but I can tell you confidently that the number of children I have age kindergarten on up claiming they want to kill themselves because their anxiety Mm -hmm. is so bad is way more than when I started 11 years ago. So like, is the question, are we diagnosing anxiety more maybe? Or are we catching it more? But like, no, 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 no. It's environmental. 11 years ago would have said, my kid wants to commit suicide. Like we would have been aware of that. But that's environmental, don't you think? I mean, yes. 
and so social I think media. With the CDC's response yeah. to like this is what we're going to do. It kind of takes of away away the question we've been asking of like, is this just we're diagnosing more? And it's like, no, we're seeing this more. So talk talk to me about that. You think environmental? I think yeah. I think I think it's a couple things. Um, yes, what it is. Yeah, it, it, it. I I think one if you want to just put it out there, I think a lot of it has to do with the man and the insurance companies. I think they are wanting to not pay for some of these early um, intervention services or or just our outpatient services, um, outpatient PT, OT speech. Um, They don't care about this proactive approach. Um, And if they push back, you know, when a child should be doing some of these milestones or take it out, because a lot of times crawling is the big milestone that kiddos come before it's never rolling really it's always either crawling or walking um and then obviously some impairments within that you know janky crawl or toe walking whatever um but if you take that out well people are paying into that model but you sure don't have to pay for services so you don't need the referral because oh my god you must be so pissed so like as pediatric (laughs) chiropractors we're like, well, they haven't been paying for us for a long time. Exactly. But you've got to be furious. Yes, because so what that's doing, it, yes. So now you're creating this bigger gap. And so it, now for a kid that should have been crawling at eight to 10 months, we're at 15 months, still can't walk because the impairment should have been addressed with crawling. Now it's going to take so much longer to address things. But even with that being said, like, the, I don't know, they're, the money issue, I think, they think they're getting around it, but I think they're just making it worse. And now it's almost impossible to fix things quickly. Yeah, so talk to me about crawling, because like, I rem- I'm sure back in neurology, I like had a lot more, but now I'm just like, yeah, it helps the right brain talk to each other. But like, talk to me about why crawling is so important and like what it sets a kid up for. Yeah, Um. so... Basically, crawling, like you said, yeah, it's connecting the right and left side of the body. It's that co-contraction, and it's that bilateral coordination that you need for a lot of higher-level skills, such as skipping, riding a bike, um, reading while sitting in your chair and not like falling out, right? Because you have to have the postural stability. Your basic, your your posture. If you see kiddos two, three, four up, um, and they're the really clumsy kiddos, or they like to sit hunched over, I guarantee you they probably didn't do a lot of crawling because that quadratus lumborum, one of the main um, muscles that pulls up our pelvis when we crawl is is like a big postural muscle, right? And you're not, there's not a way to, you know, engage some of these bigger muscle groups in any other motor skill other than crawling. So what other skill is going to incorporate both sides of the body in a way that crawling would? It wouldn't because see, if you're walking, you're, you know, you're vertical, right? Um, If you're rolling, you're using more of the arm to bring it around, but the core, the core, your gravity is pushing down on you here. And so being on that hands and knees position helps to develop the curvatures, the arches of the hands. So now we have the dexterity, um, handwriting, we have the shoulder girdle, you know, we develop from the center out. Um, So if our shoulder, our our tummy and our hip muscles do not develop correctly, then everything out from there 
is going to be screwed. So what does that mean? It means that they're not going to be able to maybe run as fast. So are, is it going to be detrimental? Like they're not going to develop? No. But will that be the kiddo that can't hang in some sports? Maybe. Well, will it be the kiddo? Like, that, yeah. I think detrimental. Yeah, of course it's going to be because like, think, I mean, okay, we're going to get a little like melodramatic here for a moment, but like <laughs> you have to. Okay. Okay. So let's say we got a kid doesn't crawl. Great. Not great. But like, so they, they set their brain up for, they are just not, they're struggling to read. Yeah. So then they're falling mm-hmm. behind. They're starting mm-hmm. to hate going to school. Yep. Um, they're diagnosed with dyslexia, uh, uh-huh. like starting to need that. They continue to feel embarrassed and, you know, like then they start dealing with anxiety. They hate going to school. Like, I mean, we're not even going to continue down the road of then they drop out and start doing drugs, but, (laughs) but like you can see pretty easily just before the kid is eight, where it's like school is extremely difficult because my brain did not develop as well. Like these connections did not develop. So now school is difficult. So like, I don't think it's that crazy to be able to in like, to go like anxiety will also increase with us like for sure but yeah yeah I mean it and crawling is got like you said yeah say say anxiety stems from not being able to do some of those higher level skills not being able to ride a bike when you're five or six years old and being embarrassed not wanting to play with your friends on the playground because you can't crawl up the slide because you don't have the bilateral coordination and stability so you go sit over there in the corner I've had kiddos come in to see me like that they're actually some of my favorite um they come in around like three to four and you get them back on track but yeah they are on the road to anxiety, depression, worthlessness. And could we fix this with crawling? You can't take crawling away, CDC. Science has not changed. The body has not changed. Just because you said we don't need it, the body still develops exactly the same. So there you have it. I mean, it's science. It's anatomy. It's it's the biomechanics. That is true science. That's what it is. So whether the CDC says it's worthy of being a gross motor skill or not, it doesn't matter. Okay. So if you didn't get the sense that Dr. Emily has a really spicy personality, um, I don't know, maybe you weren't listening, go follow her Instagram. Uh, Her stories are hilarious. Um, And she's got really cute fashion and she often is asked where she gets it and she links it. So um, for all the guys listening, there you go. Go follow her so you can follow her fashion too. So next episode is episode 165. This is a date night with Kirby and I and Dr. David and Nancy Fletcher. Um, And they are talking about how seeing other parts of the world change their views and how they brought those lessons home. So also in this episode is a story that had me laughing so hard about how Dr. David started up in a hotel. So if you haven't listened to this episode, go back and listen it's it's great. It's absolutely great. So enjoy. I worked actually, and I mean, we're hard workers. I mean, there's no, mm. there's no moss on us. So <laughs> I worked part-time uh, on a, on a mental health unit mm-hmm. in, at the hospital. And I worked full-time as a professor and you had your practice. And we did that for years. We did that for years until one day 
And this is the way we are. We were Saturday morning, we're lying in bed. And I said, I think I've had enough living in Alberta. Let's, let's try somewhere else. And he went, oh my God, me too. And we used- That was September. And by January 1st, we were on a beach in Fiji. Uh, we'd sold everything. So except my Porsche, which I <laughs> sure. kept my Porsche. Good point. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and we, we then took a year off. And we backpacked. We backpacked for a year. Like totally wow. like one backpack, nothing. Like we, and we had this big house we thought we oh, built a house and all this stupid stuff. Anyways, we moved on and that was that. And so then, and then we ended up back in Toronto. And so we restarted here and blah, blah, blah. But, but I, think that, I think that part of that, that sort of origin story that I was talking about is that we use that time to really discover who we were. And I think yeah. we knew each other yeah. through our early lives, but then we'd already had some experience working together. And, but I think that one of the things that became so evident, especially when you're backpacking and you're, not, you're, a, you're a traveler versus a tourist, and you start to really immerse yourself in the different cultures, uh, we spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and India, and the realities were is that you got humbled by what you owned, you know, not only in material things, yeah. but we were playing catch up at all times for these people that had nothing except that their spirituality and their ability to have, have grace in the face of, of adversity taught us so much. Like we were, we were so open at that particular stage. And so our principle of vitalism as being healers, and we really transitioned from being practitioners to healers at that time, really became um, this institutional model. And, and when I opened the practice in the Toronto area, it was again, based upon the vitalism of, of chiropractic, but, and it wasn't imbued, we didn't, I mean, we got Buddha heads all over our house here, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't some type of, uh, of, of meditative experience. It was pure chiropractic, but there was this, this, this modeling that was so clear that we had something that could, you know, what Stevenson always said was arouse innate. Well, innate was, was so better defined when we had a chance to study or at least immerse ourselves in, in, in these different cultures. And it was it was so easy to see the brilliance of chiropractic when you had, had been able to travel in these different cultures. That is so cool. And I mean, when you're in it, I can see how you you fully immerse yourself in that. You are living that. You're kind of in that chill space. When you come back and you're starting this new practice and you're restarting your career, how do you how do you hold on to that magic? Yeah. Like, do you have like a daily practice? Do you? Yeah, there's a lot of well, you know, the ADD part over here. Um, like when we even when we were traveling, he was like, We gotta go, we gotta get home. Like, because he 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 wanted to see and I kept saying because he's coming up with ideas while he's over there. Oh, yeah. oh you got it. <laughs> you can see you're sparkling uh -huh. in the <laughs> You can relate, right? But we did, you know, there were lots of times where I was like, No, we're not going back yet, just chill. And then when we did come back, we were like, Oh, that it's it's reality. Okay, back at it, but it's different. Yeah. So it's really hard to maintain that. And I think. You have to, that's the reality of travel period. And certainly of travel versus tourism is, you know, it's like, even when you go on a quick vacation, you come back and it's like, oh, okay. Not I, we went to Thailand and Malaysia for two weeks. And I remember it's kind of a melodramatic or hyper. No, it's not. Her reaction. I, I had like a, a small meltdown in Target the week after, because I was just like, 
oh my gosh, it's just so much stuff. And people are just buying their couch cushions and their candles. And you know, you're just like, whoa, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Very very true. Well, I, I know that you had, had on the podcast, Stu Bittman, and um, Stu and I met on a, on a mission trip with Sigafoos. So there was Stu oh, and Sigafoos. Wow. And, and I, I, I got to know, got to know the, uh, Stu, and, but especially Sig for many, many years, he and I knew each other. And you go on these mission trips. This was the original Panama trip that was there. And you're seeing hundreds and hundreds of people a day in an hour. And you walk back out of that experience, back into your practice, which you think is pretty solid in vitalism. And you walk back into Target, as you said, and it's overwhelming. It's, it's just this sort of bizarre, what am I on this planet for? But you get it together. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you start to realize that there is a path and a purpose for you having, you know, your family dynamics and your home dynamics and your practice dynamics. Um, you know, that, that's our journey. There's a different journey for the folks that that were in that were in Thailand or in Target or otherwise, you know. And I think this is where the this this notion of knowing who that who, you know know thyself principle is so critical if you're going to be in practice for a lifetime. Uh, you know, it's I think it's as exciting to go through these transitions of where you go from, you know, not being trapped in practice where you get an associate and that's the next transition where you go and, and do a side hustle if you want. And, you know, that's your next transition and don't feel trapped with it because you're always going to be a chiropractor. If you understand the principles, whether you choose to be a practicing chiropractor or not, that's, that's a different model. But chiropractic is infused in your DNA, which is your family values. It's, 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 a, it's a way of life. It's not a profession alone. And that's how we see it. Hey, She Slayers. So many of you connect with my story as a chiropractor because I started all wrong. Years into practice, I had to completely turn it around from being an insurance and pain-based model to a thriving subluxation-based cash practice. I have a lot of ways that that happened, but I am not exaggerating when I say the number one thing I changed was adding CLA's Insight scanning technology. The Insight helped grow our practice from 300 people a week to over 500 a week in the course of one year, purely by showing objective findings and providing reports to patients. So many docs I talk to struggle to communicate the why behind a care plan when the patient's pain goes away in a few visits. They struggle to keep patients after insurance stops paying. They don't know how to explain why a kid benefits from chiropractic care, even though they have no symptoms. They don't do progress exams because what am I going to do to show the patient progress? I am telling you every single thing I just said, my answer to the doc is, are you using insight scanning technology in your clinic yet? Because it's the solution to all of those issues. If you have questions, the staff at CLA is absolutely incredible and will help answer those questions and help implement this big change into your practice. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. Hi, friends. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. 
This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind the scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back to back with me. It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes. To check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. Hey, She Slayers. When I first started practice, I thought I needed to dress a certain way for patients to trust me, and I spent hours trying to design communication and marketing materials that worked. After 12 years of practice, here's a couple things I've learned. One, I don't have to wear dress pants and button-ups for a patient to take me seriously. And two, why recreate the wheel when a design professional has already done all the work for me? Well-Aligned offers solutions in both of these categories. They have the coolest and most comfy chiropractic shirts that will showcase your personality, as well as beautifully designed communication and marketing tools to help drive new patients, get more referrals, and gain better retention in your practice. From the best chiropractic apparel to modern patient education materials, Well-Aligned has you covered. All She Slayers get 10% off plus free shipping on orders of $75 or more with promo code SHESLAYS. Visit www.wellaligned.com to save. Okay, so we are going from one date night to another. We had some amazing date nights this year. Um, And I'm also really excited for next year's date nights. Um, I am trying to get – so I've had Kate Jones on before, um, but I would like to have Kate and Brett Jones on. Um, Gosh, who else can we have on? There's so many – I like my mind went blank. There's like three other couples that I'm like kind of borderline harassing. Like it's like nice harassing, but like if you're listening, uh, go ahead and send Kate Jones and Brett Jones a, a message saying like, hey, you should be on. No, I'm just um, so our next date night, episode 169, and this is Dr. Tony and Christina Ebel. Now, for those who have been listening for a while, you know that um, Dr. Tony and Christina are some really, really dear friends of Kirby's and mine. Um, Tony has been someone who I could text anytime something good happens, something bad happens, and he's just he's just there. Um, so they're talking about the phases of life and his mission and vision to change chiropractic by looking outside the profession. Um, if you don't know, So Dr. Tony and Christina run something called the Pediatric Experience, and it is an amazing community for pediatric-focused chiropractors on a mission. So if in 2023 you are looking to see and serve more kids, I highly recommend you check out the link below and see um, everything that is offered with a membership to the Pediatric Experience because he definitely... um, gives a lot more than he should for the price. So, you know, but that's not my place to price point him. So, you know, take advantage of that while you can. So um, I hope you enjoy. We, we won't stop. We're going after a $10 million, you know, practice. We want to yep. build a $100 million chiropractic company. And, and when I say those, I actually just completely screwed up in the order of them, right? That was just to kind of give a, a quantification of impact. 
um, we have the exact level and depth of impact we want to make here with PwC clearly defined, and we have the exact level of impact we want to go through the pediatric chiropractic profession with PX Docs too. So it's going to require that size mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. scale. And um, so, where do you? So, like you said, like there aren't there aren't a, there's not a practice that you're chasing right. that you can emulate. So, where do you go for inspiration right. and guidance? Yeah, that's because yeah. it's not chiropractic. There's no one doing what you want to do that you can go like follow that blueprint. First, we got pissy about it. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's start there. First, I was a whiny little baby, and I was like, "Damn it! Why do we have to do a bunch of stuff?" First? <laughs> you know, can, I didn't. But this would be like inside PwC right now. I'd be like, "Can somebody else just do that thing for?" And then, then send me the PDF. I just want a PDF, you know, or a booklet or something. And so, um, so after being pissy, we went to prayer and we went to strategic pursuit of people. So we really have latched on to Dr. Josh Axe, to Dr. Tuhill, and got in that network of people Sullivan. and Dan Sullivan and just the group that's there and been like, okay, these guys are, yeah, did they do it in a brick and mortar chiropractic practice? No. And that's the point, you know, mm. how can we, how can we take what they do that big level thinking and investing and apply it here? And, and it's, you know, that's, that's the journey we're on right now to, to be determined whether it's, you know, we're, we're in it right now. Yeah. Right. And we so, just last week had like our big strategic planning meeting. And honestly, I didn't sleep that night because I just kept being like, it's too big. Like, haven't we taken enough risks? Like at what point is the risk enough? But it goes back to what we started of like, it's the miracle. Like when you see what families get with chiropractic, you can't say no to the bigness of it. You can't let the bigness Mm. scare you away. And that also has to be the anchor because if it's only like after the numbers and this is the size I want to be, and this is, we would have stopped honestly years ago. Like we have enough. We we would have stopped Mm -hmm. a long time ago. But when you have families and kids coming in and they're struggling and they had zero idea this existed. And you just see like the pain that has been in their family and the struggles that the kids have gone through and what it's done to their family. And then you see the after of that, of now what like their marriage looks like and what the dynamic of the family is like. And you get those messages of- The kid goes to chiropractic school. Man, or gets their driver's license because they now have gone a year seizure free and they weren't able to get a driver's license until then. And like, there are so many, I mean, like, it's just absolutely impossible to not just be, let's do this bigness. Like yeah. we're all in for this when you base it off of that. Yeah. And those moms are unstoppable. So we have to match them. We yeah. have, mm-hmm. they won't stop. They're going to keep freaking hustling and to, to find us. They don't even know it's us yet for so many of them. So we got to match them. Every time somebody goes, how did I not hear about that before? I don't, a lot of chiropractors, <sighs> I think, they, I, I think a lot of chiropractors take a blame. We go, yeah, right. Pediatricians are a-holes. And I, I, God made me different. My dad made me different. You know, it was the, it was the truck rides and the combine rides instead of the ride that picture of the school. Like, you know, that's on you, bro. You know, that's what I hear mm-hmm. every time. Like you haven't done your job. And so that family being let down and struggling seven years of subluxation instead of, you know, not having that, mm-hmm. that is the pediatrician's fault or big farmer's fault. Are they a-holes? Yes. But we have got to get that job done and fill that gap. Otherwise, I think it's, I think it's on us, you know, that they're. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the concept of radical self-responsibility sure. and it, it lets you see the world in a way that, is there anything you can do about it? If right. yes, do something. If absolutely not, then you got to let it go and not be mad. Yeah. But you can see that there is something you can do. Sure. Um, okay. One of the last questions. Um, how do you handle 
the haters. Like, I, we have different answers. Yeah. Because there's like haters in the I, general population and then there's haters within care. Oh, you should just, just last, oh, block, delete. I feel, I feel bad think, for him. I don't even think Tony honestly is aware that they're out there because yeah. he is so... I could care less, like, just like we were talking about with friends or, you know, leaving speaking events to get back to family. Like he is so incredibly laser focused on the mission and what we're going to do. And it's like, if there's not enough time in your day to worry or not worry, but if there's not enough time in your day to think about all of the good things and accomplish all of the good things, like, I mean, the bad things literally don't even like enter into his brain. And I'm not the same, but because you're he little, is so incredibly little, like to cut people. I do. Yeah. I get a little angry and I get a little like, that eight. yeah, yeah. It, I do for sure. Croatian get little, gangster. I, I get a little bit angry about some of it, but, um, but you've also learned it, to, you've, yeah. you've, we've, so I get, I think what is a strategy, I guess that is natural to me is not obviously natural to others. So then you just take it and you take it as a strategy. This is I get, the reason I never love strength finders, which is because I think people focus on their weakness. And I've always looked at it as like, well, just work on it then till it's not, a, you know what I mean? Until it's not a weakness and get help. There's strategy, there's steps. And so she's been amazing about deleting and blocking and ignoring because knowing that she, if she sees it, she can't just get through it as quickly as yeah. I can. Well, then you have mm-hmm. to plan for that. Which you is why I'm not on Facebook because right. like he can like see something and be like, whatever and ignore it. And I'm like, oh, we are going to enter this conversation and yeah. we're going to go all day if that's what it takes. But because I, I've grown up too <laughs> through that. So I have empathy for days and, I, and I've been in a lot of other places too, where I'm like, well, I can see how you have that perspective. So I feel bad for them. And then, but at the same time, I'm very protective of my time and my energy and my space. And I'm strategic in the past. I would maybe be like, well, I'm a good communicator and I love people. And oh, let me get into a four hour long Facebook. Yeah, dude, and I type fast with emojis. So I'll just, I'll, I'll get my point across with that heart emoji. And then I'll think I love them, love and light. No. And, um, and it didn't work, you know, it worked like crap. So I just moved on and um, literally it comes in. It gets, if somehow it gets in, I have huge guardrails up for this, but if somehow it gets in, it gets, they get deleted, they get blocked and, Literally, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. So, for people who want to get on the PX train, Ooh. dude, it's um, in the training, you get to watch me dance multiple times to the quad city. That is a detractor. I was going to no, say, that's uh, that's that's our subscription. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, out. that did not work to his I do think we might need to reshoot that one. Now, <laughs> <laughs> the new studio. Okay. okay. Try again for people yeah. who want to get on the PS train. So we just cut our conversions. We just in half. Okay. Where that hurt. But so let me try better on this. Um, we are on so what we did is we took everything you need to do to grow a successful in which we mean by that impactful we are not a coaching company not a training company we don't you don't report your stats to us you report your miracles to us okay um and we train you to deliver upon them so the beginning training both online and we have a live seminar too is all about certainty and clinical so that's why one of the many reasons we love you lauren is care planning is real the insight you must if you're going to have a neuro conversation you have to have a neuro conversation it can't be theory it has to be practical application and we are literally the this can sound so nerdy but man if people knew how valuable this is 
We are the implementation and application company. I got so mad. And the reason I took seven years wandering in the woods and the wilderness is because I had all the certifications and initials. Zero percent of those people taught me how to actually apply it in an organized, simple, straightforward. So that is where Christina and Jackie and the team come in. I have the science, the vision, the clinic, and then I've got Dr. Matt and I've got Christina and I've got Jackie. So PX was built as a team. It's not the Dr. Tony show. It's PWC's team of clinicians and CAs teaching you how to do it. And so the pediatric experience.com longest URL ever, whoever owns the px.com. We want to send it to your front door with the brass knuckles. Can't find it. So the pediatric experience.com. Uh, same on Instagram, the at the pediatric experience, Facebook. Um, but it is online. You can just start with an appetizer. You can have my science course, which is what God made me to do, right? Teach the perfect mm -hmm. storm science. Um, and that doesn't include the dancing video. So I just I really want you to have that. Um, that's 10, the 10D model of supplementation. You can get the entire membership. You're ready to go. Buckle up, buttercup, that's the membership. Or we have our um, certificate program, which is with Life University. We have the first ever where it's really actually in conjunction with the postgrad. It's not just sponsored by it for CEs, you do get them. Um, and that program is available as well, which is online and that. Okay, final episode in week one is episode 180, and it is with the incredibly brilliant Dr. Lacey Book. Um, this was actually the first time I had ever met her in person, and I was blown away with just her eloquence and just how much she delivers um, like impactful advice. You know, sometimes, sometimes episodes, and I don't mind these either, just tend to be a little more like, I don't want to say like laid back because this one was great, but like you don't need pen and paper, right? Like the lessons you're learning are like heart lessons. Like this one, if you haven't listened to episode 180 with Dr. Lacey, grab pen and paper and show up for it because this is definitely one of those ones that you're going to want to take notes. Um, and she's talking about how to find and train your ideal associate. So this could be on your, your life plan for 2023. So pay attention. So uh, the right person, right? I've heard a lot of people talk about like, make sure you hire the right person. And, you know, if you're hiring a clerical or front desk or CA or whatever, um, admin office manager, even like marketing online, you know, I could, you have a pool of people, even during this time of life where there air quotes, nobody wants to work. We, right. Um, but with associates, associates are really hard to come by. So what do you think that you do and provide that allows you, because I've had the experience in my life where I have just needed a person with hands like, yeah. and have made the incorrect hire for them, like, and us, it wasn't bad to that person. Um, it was just, I made the wrong decision and the wrong hire. Um, how do you protect yourself from that? Oh, there's two questions here. So how do you protect yourself from that? And then how do you attract enough people that you can be picky? Because so yeah. many cannot be picky. Right. So I have lots of answers for this. So, <laughs> um, so number one, I think like, man, 
especially in chiropractic, we spend so much time like mm, obsessing over this idea of like ideal client, right? Like who's our ideal client? Who do we want to work with? Who do I want to attract into my office? And I find it really interesting that we don't obsess over our ideal employee or our ideal associate. Mm-hmm. And so I always am encouraging my um, coaching clients when I'm on calls with them, I'm like, listen, like the same way that you wrote out the ideal client that you want into your off come into your office, you need to write out your ideal associate. Because especially if you are a manifester or attractor or magnetic individual, and you know, you can bring people into your office that you find joy in working with, well, you should be able to do the same thing with your employees and your associate. So sit down. My, my whole thing is we hire, we hire people not job titles. So I'm not hiring an associate. I'm hiring a person to become an associate, right? So I'm going to write out who they are, what kind of personality types they have, what, what's their philosophy on money? What's their philosophy on business? What's their chiropractic philosophy? Um, are they married? Where do they want to live? Like the whole thing, because then you can begin to effectively, this is how you protect your, protect yourself, effectively and clearly find that individual, or say that's not that individual. I think that the number two answer is most people hire with a knee-jerk reaction. They hire after the need is there. I am always telling everybody, I adopt the policy of always always be hiring, always be hiring. You should always be looking for front desk. You should always be looking for back office. You should always be looking for associates, right? That's actually how you protect yourself because you're not doing it. Like you said, I needed a a body with hands to be able to help me out. That's how we get in ourselves in trouble because it's so reactive instead of proactive. So you should find your ideal associate, write them out, and then go literally like start recruiting, check out the schools, get into the preceptorship programs, allow yourself space and time to start meeting people and allow it to be a slow burn because then you can really see how people show up and then you don't end up hiring outside of what you actually need. And then lastly, people do not jive with this, but this is the best thing you could ever do. We in chiropractic are so strange because we allow chiropractic students to come out of school and we literally throw them into the deep end to just being like, take care of people in my office. That is insane. Like I, my hairstylist here in Indiana, um, he owns one of the largest salons in the States. And I remember for the like years ago going in and watching his training system, hairstylists coming out of school had to work at his front desk for months before they could even shadow him to start looking at color and do it, washing hair and doing the head massage and doing blowouts. These are hairstylists. We're talking about chiropractic and saving people's lives. So the last thing you need to do is you need to, you need to train people properly. You need to allow them to follow your front desk for a certain amount of time before and make sure they're proficient in it before you just smash them into trying to see people and jump into your systems. I think that that's where we get inefficient and we, we don't allow for a a, like clean launch pad for success for associates because we think, Oh, I'm a doctor. I should just be able to start putting my hands on people right away. Mm -hmm. But the reason they're not as successful as you is because they didn't go through the training process like you. 
You right. learned how to do your front right. desk. I you learned how to challenge. talk to people. Exactly. So it's so weird. So that would be the last thing you would do to protect yourself, to ensure that you have a good candidate. I am so mad that you did a really good job of answering all my questions because now I like wrote down like follow up on that. Okay. So we're going to start in reverse. Okay. So here's the problem that I would foresee my, I love that idea, by the way, I, it is so, it makes so much sense. My sister actually graduated from Aveda school a year and a half ago, and I've been watching her right. go through that program of like, she's like, well, I think I'm about to be like graduated into not assistant. And yes. I'm like, what have you been for the last? And she's like, front desk, sweeping up other people's shit. Hair, and yes. Like, and then occasionally getting a client. So the from the business standpoint, are you paying? So let's say I was going to have like, all right, you're going to come. You're going to work the front desk for a month. Right away, I am worried that they are like not taking this job because we have this, this history of like hiring students and like the we eat our own type of thing. So I would be worried that they would be like, excuse me, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I just graduated. Why am I not a, why I'm not good enough at your clinic to adjust. So I would be worried that they would, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. It's the big picture. I talked to Lacey book this one time. She had a great idea. <laughs> so I'd be worried about that. And then also like, do I have to pay them what I would be paying them? if they were adjusting and making my life easier, or could I be like, okay, for that month, you're going to come in at this salary. Then the next step is you're going to start yep. scanning and interpreting. Then so we're stepping the salary, yeah. with, which makes it even scarier that there's no way someone would take a, okay, I will take this job at 40,000 or 45,000 or whatever the cost of living is in your area. And I'm going to be working front desk and you know, like, yeah. So, so number one, for me, I would just say if they are not willing to learn the front desk for a month, they are not the right person. So true. And, and in all honesty, I mean, and I see it happen all the time. Look, we have like right now, we probably have a hundred VIP coaching clients that we work with one-on-one -on -one. there. I have, there's not a lot I haven't seen in offices and all the time I hear like my associate doctor, my front desk, like they can't communicate. They don't get along. They don't necessarily like jive. And I'm like, that's because the associate really truly has no idea what it's like to be at the front desk. Mm -hmm. How can they effectively communicate and have empathy, sympathy and understanding if they've never even been in that position. Right. And so like, I see that a lot. So, I, I, and the reality of it is, is uh, somebody that truly wants to learn and is a superstar and has a desire to be successful on the other side, if you can effectively communicate how this is an appropriate stepping stone for them to have massive success on the backside, they would be willing to do it, right? And that, and that's the absolute truth. You by far will be a more effective communicator to your patients. You'll be a more effective clinical manager. You'll be a more effective communicator to other people on the team if you understand how the entire office works. And lastly, I have seen a lot of associate docs get in trouble because they're in the office covering or alone and the front desk doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's a sound business decision. This is just business, right? Like Yes, you're a, a doctor of chiropractic and you graduated and you 
saw maybe a hundred people in clinic, but in order for you to make massive amounts of money on the backside, we have to go through the appropriate steps that allowed to make me, that allowed me to make massive amounts of money on the backside and help a ton of people and effectively communicate and have high retention. And part of that is learning the front desk and understanding what's happening up there. And so if you don't want to do that for 30 days, like 30 days at a, a front desk, like pay, pay rate, man, like, I just, I, I just don't think you're right fit for me and I'm going to find somebody else. And I have the luxury of doing that because I'm not hiring out of need. I'm proactively looking. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like, <clears throat> so I, it's ironic. I just did a poll on Instagram asking like, who's hiring, who's looking. And I had like 55 people hiring 51 people looking and I sent some messages to the people who were looking for a job. And I said, like, okay, what would you want out of a job position? Like, a, what's it called? Like a listing. Yeah. What kind of information would you want to know whether or not you were interested in pursuing that? And one of the things that I keep seeing coming up from students who have graduated like who are in school to have graduated in the last like three or four years is they throw out this, like, I want to know what the mentorship looks like. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Oh, like you want me to make, I teach you how to do a day two ROF. I can do that. Yeah. I think that's what they're talking about. Yeah. What do you think they're talking about? Yeah. So this is really interesting. So another thing I always encourage people to do is to create like a benefits package because yeah. students really want to be like recruited right now. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to have what that looks like. Part of that package is what is mentorship. So mentorship is the ability to not just um, guide them through the clinical components of taking care of people because they, they feel like they already got that, right? Like what they're looking for is like, how do I even think about business? How do I grow a practice? How do I effectively communicate? How do I keep people? Like, how do I, how do I like make sure that I have high retention? How do I create referral partnerships outside of the office? Like Lauren, all the stuff that you have done to create three practices, that's the mentorship I want, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's what they're looking for. And in all reality, people you have to remember that if somebody does say, I want to be an associate, they are telling you that they have a desire for handholding. Take me every step of the way. They're oh. not you. They don't want to like go there and just like build and try to figure everything out themselves, mm -hmm. or they would already be doing that in their own right. clinic. And I think that that's like the hardest thing for us to swallow is like, man, I really need to be providing way more than I anticipated. That's why you're here, right? Okay, and that is a wrap. So that are those are the first five, not necessarily in order. I wanted to like round out um, week one and week two. So not in order of downloads, but definitely some of our most successful episodes of this year. Again, I cannot thank you all enough. Please, um, if there's somebody that you want to see on the podcast, whether they are within chiropractic or not, send me their profile, 
um, badger them, say like, hey, you should be on my friend's podcast. That might be weird. Maybe just leave it to me. Leave it to me, people. Um, And if you have not left a review for She Slays the Day uh, and you listen on Apple, I would really, really appreciate if you would take a moment to wrap up this year um, with a review. Uh, It means the world to me. I read every single one of them. I will probably butcher your name. And also it helps more people find the podcast. So thank you so much and um, happy 2022. See you next week. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.